like if um, five years ago you would have told me that you know Marianne um, you will be a tantra teacher publicly <laughs> I would have laughed out loud <laughs> like really like really no way no way not possible Aloha, my beautiful friends on the other side of the screen or in your earplugs. My name is Krista Ralaksmidetten and I'm coming to you from beautiful San Diego, California. I call myself New Time Coach because I believe that each one of us, we have a treasure box inside. Once we open it, we can start to live our dreams on our terms and manifest these into this reality. Welcome to next episode of Abundance in Action podcast. And today we have a very special guest, Marian Kidron um, from Estonia. Welcome. Hello, Crystal. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. And we know with Marian each other quite well. Uh, first of all, because we are from Estonia, which doesn't mean that you know everyone who is from Estonia. But we have been in the same circles as uh, Tantra teachers and also we are both working so much with ourselves, with self-development and psychology and all of these things. But also we are also very um, excited and contributing to community courses and we have uh, crossed our paths in several times um, doing similar things or being involved in similar projects in Estonia. But also you just recently actually went through my uh, deeper program called Inner Family Coaching Program, which had a huge impact to your personal and also professional life. So, so that was uh, quite a journey. So it has been such a pleasure to get to know you more and now also to introduce you to the world through this English uh, podcast. I'm so exciting, excited. <laughs> Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when you sent me your uh, CV, um, this was so impressive. It's like, I think when I printed it out, like five pages, I was like, oh, my God, who is this woman, you know? <laughs> and you have had quite a journey from uh, one extreme to the other. And um, you started out with Tartu University and um, studying law And you also actually went through the European Master Program in Human Rights and Democratization. And now the recent years you have been uh, working a lot with the transpersonal psychology and being part of the hypnotherapy school, uh, Conscious uh, Me, which has been also uh, quite influential to your um, uh, processes and everything going on in your life. But you also have been very active in so many bigger programs and also school. Um, I saw like several schools where you have been um, as an active member of community, bringing like new ideas, new uh, opportunities and new perspectives, how to look at things. And you have also worked with um, a different side of the law and also in like government institutions and things. So you have seen uh, so many different institutions and organizations and also, which I uh, definitely uh, can see, you have had quite an interesting journey 
to figure out who the heck is Marianne, you know, <laughs> and the identity, um, you know, waves and sinusoids. And right now I know also you are in the process of also changing your name. So it's all kind of like a huge process, like to figure out like who you are, um, how to identify yourself and also how to go out there to the world, like, okay, who am I to the world and how would I like them to call me? So um, would you maybe uh, guide us into this process of, um, of course, it's it's a huge uh, story, but, you know, how did you end up um, going into the law and how has this journey like brought you now more into self-development and uh, psychology And right now, you also, you just mentioned uh, prior to this recording that you are back into a a small um, school um, in the village and having like a different influence there, uh, being connected to community processes and pain points and so on. So that's quite the leap, like from one end to like from uh, the law and now on the other, other side to psychology is like kind of two different worlds. And also like Tantra in between the whole thing, you know. So um, how did you end up with with the interest in law? Um, could you tell us um, that story and then let's move um, to the rest? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's good that you brought it down to the to the beginning to start from somewhere because uh, when I listened to you, I thought, that, oh my God, I'm going to fulfill the whole podcast is uh, the story of, of how I begun and how I how how have I made my choices and uh, indeed like if um, five years ago you would have told me that you know Marianne um, you will be a tantra teacher publicly <laughs> I would have laughed out loud <laughs> like really like really no way no way not possible um but yeah, beginning with the with the law, that was my my first uh, career choice, uh, so to say. Well, um, actually, the stories, in a way, uh, it's rare because it's interesting uh, for me that even if I look back to the very beginning, where I had zero consciousness, you know, about myself, about my spiritual being about my deeper heart calling, when I look back at those times, I see that I still made the choices um, according to my heart. And if you talk about law, I didn't go to study law because it's prestigious and high paid, as very, very many law and economy students, for example, do, because why did you go to study law? Well, it's very prestigious and high paid and, uh, well, sure, you know. Or, I, I don't know, IT engineering also. But in the eighth grade, in the basic school, I knew that I want to go to study law. And, um, well, one of the reasons was a bit sad. And maybe that wasn't the deepest reason, but my brother was killed. Uh, my, my older brother, he, he died by a violent death. And uh, some romantic, rebellious part of me, uh, you know, this, and I, I wasn't a poet at that time, and my creativity wasn't so much flowing, but like as some kind of a novel character, you know, or, or a movie um, 
movie hero, I thought I will I will go and uh, and pay back. You know, I will I will go and make the make the right. Uh, I will go to put the justice in place. You know, uh, so so that was one of one of the ideas, but. It wasn't only that, like already in the school, it was me and one of the classmates, a boy, and we always stood up for justice. You know, it could be the teacher who who put the grades maybe not so like uh, transparently or fairly as, as it seemed to us, or the headmaster who threatened the girl, for example, that, uh, you know, I will send you back to your uh, your area school if you like don't behave as 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 I like it or or something like that and we were always the ones who stood up and said you know what the heck no 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 it's not working like that so we were like the bad kids who got into trouble with like alcohol and drugs and stuff but at the same time we were also the justice seekers (laughs) for ourselves and for others and um, our classmates and 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 my friends, they always choked around that it's it's not it's no point to argue with you, Marianne. You know, it's it, it always it, it always ends up you being right. <laughs> and uh, and well, that has been one of my challenges, of course, in my psychological and spiritual journey, not to always want to be right. <laughs> and luckily, it's so freeing to be to be free of that. But back then, that was this. Um, that was this joke that you you know how to make your arguments and you are there for justice. So, uh, yeah, our classmates were also like, of course, you know, you go and study law for sure. Uh, so, so I knew that back then and I had a small but. And the but was that uh, my parents uh, didn't have uh, such money to pay uh, for, uh, for law. And back then there were a few places only that were the state budget uh, places. And um, I wasn't studying in the, in, the, in the best gymnasium in Tartu. I was studying rather in one of the, that was considered one of the worst ones that well, studying was not so popular and rather other stuff, you know, was preoccupying the young, young people. Um, but I knew that I, I really want to get into law and I need to get in. So when the studying and everything came easily to me, uh, like I got my fives and fours and I didn't need to like study very hard for that. Uh, But then I remember when I uh, started studying for the history exam, because that was needed to, to get into law and the high score, I really studied hard. And I went back to my former because I changed school in between the high school and basic school and I went back to my basic school teacher because I knew that she was strong and I asked like can you give me extra consultations can I come also to your consultations besides my own teacher in my new school because I really need to get that exam like freaking well and my history teacher told me Oh my God, no history exam. That's so difficult. You know, we had one golden medal graduating student who got some 90 something points, but otherwise, yeah. And I said, you know what? I need over 90. So you better help me <laughs> study like that. And I was, I was like really, really, um, 
certain of myself. Uh, I got 98 points. So I got almost, uh, yeah, <laughs> and that was, that was like un unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, I got my free place. Uh, I got my free place in the in the law studies, and then there the journey uh, started started going and uh, and and rolling. Soon enough, I discovered that criminal law is not for me. <laughs> Although in the beginning, I I kind of um, thought that I will specialize on that. Uh, but I discovered no, uh, that's that's not it. Also, I found out that all those areas of law that you can get rich with, like uh, business and uh, the law of obligation and uh, and this kind of it, that's all, also not for me. <laughs> so uh, I ended up kind of specializing in international law and human rights. That is like, <laughs> um, yeah, you are not getting rich with that exactly. So, but yeah, that was that was my journey uh, into law and and in the in the field of uh, of law. So, when uh, uh, while in this process, when did it start to kind of uh, come to the surface that wow, there is something deeper in life? I should maybe look deeper into psychology, or like, um, was there another? Um, you know psychological breakdown for you because that's usually when it happens you know you like pushed into the corner or something is um, really like uh, rapturing or like shaking you up uh, so you start to like kind of take that moment like oh my god uh, something's not right here maybe I should like you know uh, do something different when was that point for you when you started to first time really like oh my God, like maybe I should look more like inside. When was that moment? That's like, uh, that's like so and so. I think the first moment it was, uh, it was a crisis indeed, uh, but it wasn't yet that crisis that actually brought me deeper into myself. But that was like the first step towards it. And that was when I graduated my bachelor, uh, bachelor degree, uh, I had a breakup with my um, boyfriend. Well, I can't say really boyfriend. In Estonian, we have a, a beautiful word. It's called elukaslane, and maybe partner. Partner is a good word in English. Uh, but we actually lived together, and uh, we were together since the very early age. Like I was. 15 or something and uh, we, we broke up meanwhile but yeah we got back together and uh, but yeah then we broke up for good and um, I diagnosed myself a depression because <laughs> my friend uh, with whom we studied actually on the one course in law uh, she had a depression and we had exactly the same symptoms um but the, and then I went to my family doctor and I said, you know, uh, prescribe me the antidepressants, please, because I need to, you know, go through my exams and I have this period now and I'm, I'm graduating this uh, uh, this uh, this law school here. And um, uh, and they said, yeah, let's make the blood test first. <laughs> and then it turned out that uh, it was not depression. Well, Probably I was also depressed, but the main thing was that uh, the hemoglobin and the iron in my blood was just so low that they actually wanted to make me a blood transfer. Uh, and they were like, how on earth are you standing up 
still. And I said, well, I'm driving a car. <laughs> well, anyways, um, but the point who I was or, or how far I was from the human being, from the woman, from who I am, is really illustrated by this moment. I got to the hospital and I said, I don't have time to get into your, I have exams to do. So if you can help me fast, go ahead. If not, I will go and continue in this mode where the doctors were like, how are you standing up? So that was my yeah self self worth <laughs> and 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 yeah sensing my my needs you know that that far. Anyway, we we broke up. I I graduated this course. I found my new husband uh, very soon <laughs> to come to be husband. Um, and um, in that state, when I wanted to get into the master to the free place again. I didn't get in. I, I had a little bit, I, I missed some points to have one of the 25 uh, free places in the master studies. So I said, hell. So I needed to take a year off and I worked as an aerobic trainer. I had sometimes like um, four or five lessons per day uh, sometimes not so many, but anyway, I trained. I was an I was an aerobic trainer. That was my main activity. And uh, while I moved in to my uh, to my new partners and future husband's uh, home, it was it was fine. So it was basically my my pocket money, as uh, he he paid for for our life. But after this year, I um, I like something changed in me. I don't know yet what exactly but but something changed in me and and i learned a lot actually from my um from my future husband because i saw how he was working he didn't love his job he was fed up uh he was vegetating basically and uh it was so easy for me to like teach him, <laughs> you know, to listen to his heart and uh, and and to be brave and to just you know get off and uh, and 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 find the new opportunities, and uh, and I could tell that to him, <laughs> that was fine. So that was part of the growth. Uh, but then I made uh, what brought me closer to psychology was when I made a new attempt to the masters. I got in, but I also got in to a very uh, prestigious educational program called Youth to School, which is in America. It's known as Teach for America. It's a global network. Uh, Teach for All, Teach for America are the most well-known uh, branches of it. So Youth to School is a sister organization. And I got into the both. So now I became a teacher, a full-time teacher and preoccupied in the field of uh, education. And that was actually the first, maybe who I am and coming closer to myself point, uh, although not psychology yet, not so deep, but, you know, people were asking, like, 
Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? You're a lawyer. You, you could do a career in, in law with, with all this prestige, with all this money, and you go teaching a teacher in the school. And it was 2010. Uh, now the like prestige of teachers is better, but back then and the salaries were really low, the teacher salaries. And I said, yes, yes. And that was the first uh, brave choice, actually. But of course, you know, working in school with children, and uh, I was really thrown in. I was teaching history, civic education, English, and I was also a class teacher, which meant that I needed to be like a mother to, to like 25 kids. And it turned out that none of the other teachers agreed to take this class because they were like the crazy ones <laughs> with whom they had like troubles all the time. And they were like only fifth grade. So I got them. <laughs> and of course, the psychological journey, you could imagine as a teacher working with them. I, I'm, I'm not just a teacher. I need to really go into myself as a human being uh, to to have some grasp of those processes going on there because they are real mirrors and, um, and real teachers, like the most amazing teachers you could imagine. So that's, uh, that's where the journey started, this youth to school program and being a teacher. Um, and, and luckily we had really, really great supervisions from the Open Mind Institute of Estonia and uh, where we actually really went deep into ourselves, uh, not just professionally, but uh, looking at the holistic picture of, of who I am and how does that fit into my, into my work. So that was, the, um, uh, that was the beginning. And so now going back to this, like you mentioned several times, the heart's calling, like... Um, when did you start to feel like it, it was maybe turning from calling to almost like screaming? Because, you know, as time goes, it kind of gets stronger and stronger. And then sometimes also circumstances change or stuff happens so that we are actually put into a position where we have to face this voice inside and finally make the choice like, okay, Am I going to put into uh, practice or test out some of those things which are like screaming inside of me and telling me I should do that? Or should I just continue the old same way? But then you are oftentimes um, put into a dilemma where you like basically you feel like, as you said, like you are vegetating. You, you are not really living. You are just a zombie who is just going through days, but there is no joy there is no heart connection so how was that moment for you when when that voice maybe turned into almost like screaming like hey you have to listen to me we have to do this change now or we have to now focus more on this when did that happen and how well for me it's um, it's a little bit different in a way and I think it's actually good to point that out because people are, are different you know one of a, one of the um, 
options is to be this vegetating one and really really be out of energy and the other extreme and this is my case is to be like hyperactive <laughs> and and I was the hyperactive type you know I am um, that's why it maybe uh, took me quite long <laughs> because I was so preoccupied and preoccupied with the stuff that I loved and I enjoyed and yet at the same time I was feeling a void and the void came not from um, not from that my uh, activities of my professional life would be like somehow empty or meaningless. No, no, no. They were great. I was doing great things. But my personal life, my marriage was fucked for long. Actually, my marriage was fucked before I married. <laughs> I mean, I... I, I married already kind of um, a bit of lying to myself or, or denying or hoping that it will get better with, with, with the marriage, maybe. Well, it didn't. And the thing was that um, I was preoccupied with, well, I, I, I graduated this uh, cum laude, this uh, European master's degree. So I, I studied, I lived abroad. Um, I, I came to Estonia, I worked in the, in the Ministry of, of Interior, um, and I switched to the Ministry of Education, which was, which was again, actually uh, a small choice in a, way, uh, in a way, because governmental institutions, two ministries, but still there was, there was again this, you earn more in the Ministry of Interior, you earn more with this, why do you go back to this freaking education field again? That is, you know, yeah. But that was my heart calling. And, and I followed and I followed that. Uh, and I loved my job in the Ministry of Education uh, that, I, that I got back then. I was, uh, I was traveling so much. I was, uh, I was um, representing Estonia in the Council of Europe, in the European Union, some working groups, in some other organizations. Uh, yeah, that was, that, that was an amazing time. Like, you know, even United Nations, we had this human rights report. And, but with all that, I was still empty inside. I couldn't be a woman. And that was the thing. And that was the thing, and that was the void I was filling with all my hundreds different activities. Can you elaborate? What does it mean? You couldn't feel that you are a woman. Um, can you elaborate a little more? What does that mean? Uh, that meant that um, I was this kind of a man-woman. or, or, or <laughs> uh, I, was, I was working so hard, even though I, even though I did it with, with passion, but... I didn't have, but I didn't have this place at home where I would, you know, put it down and and be maybe vulnerable or or weak or yeah, simply be. And I can't blame my husband for that. I'm not saying it's his fault, but our roles had turned around. Like, as I took everything on my shoulders, I took so many, like, uh, commitments and responsibilities. The same I did in our uh, relationship. 
and in our life. And then I complained about it, of course, like I, I was not satisfied with that, but I was doing that. Mm. And my husband, he was really passive. Like some people say, like, how on earth, Marianne, did, did you even like, <laughs> did you even, even find him? And how did you too, like you are such a fire and he's such a, oh, you know, so, so calm. And so how to say, yes, our polarities were really uh, or switched, uh, exchanged. I was much more in the masculine and he was much more in the feminine. And um, it simply didn't work out. And it was hard to notice. It was, it was hard to see because, you know, the appearance, like if, if I would take a checklist, um, a nice job, nice hobbies, uh, go to the theater with your husband, a lovely home. Uh, da da da! I I would have the checklist of uh, of being happy nicely nicely checked, and yet something was so freaking wrong. Um. So this change of direction, or this when it started to scream, it wasn't uh, first with the uh, work. With the work, I kind of I made my necessary changes that I needed uh, in in the time, like the interior ministry and the education ministry, and I I, I did that. Um, but the screaming was the marriage. I needed to divorce. I needed to di- divorce, no matter how much um, it would hurt, uh, no matter the risk I take. And no matter how much it hurts him, because I was so worried about about that, he he didn't want to divorce. And after this divorce, uh, the very deep uh, process of getting to who I really am started, because um, then I realized that uh, what I need to deal with is uh, my femininity. And me as a woman, because I had lost it. I had lost it. I had time to, I had time for, for everything, but not for simply being a woman. Yeah, not for simply enjoying myself, flowing. Yeah. And, and also sexual life, it was, uh, it was very difficult. I, um, uh, I thought I'm frigid. And I thought I, I can't feel. Well, the truth was, uh, it wasn't true. The truth was I was extremely sensitive as it turned out with the first experiences in Tantra. But I, I was so blocked. I was so blocked into my masculine energy, into this iron lady um, image that I that I took on myself. I was very proud of it, you know. I was so proud of it. When someone asked me, like, how are you? I was oh, I'm so busy. <laughs> I have this and I have that. And then I did this and then I did that. And then I achieved that. And oh, wow, you know. And um, that was my identity. I would have felt uncomfortable answering anything less you know, someone asking Marianne, how are you? And I'm asking, oh, you know, simply okay. 
you know, it's just living my normal life and doing no, 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 no. <laughs> that's that's where I had taken myself to find the self worth that I was so lacking. But the trouble was that I looked for my self worth and I built up my self worth and security on the outer, not on the inner. And while I did that, yes, I grew, I learned, but I also moved further from my inner being, from my inner child as well, who who needed something totally different sometimes. And my inner woman, of course. So in a way, uh, that pain which you got connected to was like um, playing a role of like fertilizing a new soil for the new um, Marian, or if not new, the real Marian, like kind of to emerge from the depth of you. So it it could like um, stretch its arms out and say like, here I am, I need some attention, I need some love, can you embrace me? So when that happened, what was the maybe couple of the first steps? What did you do? Because I know so many women who get to that similar point where you were and they are so lost because um, they they're also scared because that's the only identity they knew. And then suddenly it's gone. And if you don't have a guide or mentor or coach to show you where the next step is or what, what the next things uh, could be, those women can get really lost and then they can actually, they may divorce, but then they may go into a next relationship where the same patterns actually um, continue to take over their lives. So what was your point there from, from that point where you were like emerging and then what were the next steps, what you did? I wouldn't say that I would advise to go the same way as I did other people I would maybe do something differently when I would go back uh, right now well I started off with uh, with Tantra but my experience in Tantra was like uh, not so smooth maybe I started off with a yoni massage um, but the thing was that I had a huge amount of sexual trauma which I um, which I wasn't aware about. Well, some of it I wasn't even aware about. Some of it I was kind of, I had forgotten it, so to say, forgotten. And, um, well, how to say, um, if I would go back there again, I would start to go a little bit more slowly in the in the field of tantra uh, in the sexual practices yes in the first second sessions i found out that i i'm not only sensitive but i also feel the energy like really really quick but at the same time um, i was in a way re-traumatized because this therapist uh, wasn't the most 
how to say, in his heart. Uh, he was a bit more guided by his uh, desires. <laughs> so um, what I would like to put on the hearts of, of the women who are maybe also struggling with their like sexual uh, sexuality and, and femininity, uh, yes, I definitely encourage you to experience a tantric massage, but be very careful um, who is the therapist because it's very different if the person is really in this clean, uh, pure flow that he's giving you the divine touch uh, and you feel the difference uh, that, that the person is, is connecting to the divinity in you from, from the place of divinity in, in himself and there is no uh, desire because this is the place energetically where the healing can happen. And this is the place that allows the therapist to go slow, to go slow and to sense your like boundaries uh, because if there are very difficult places, you can't jump right in. Like, yeah, even like the female ejaculation, for example, it's not hard physically to force it, but it's very damaging to force it on the emotional and, uh, and, and energetical level and, uh, and, and considering that, that the trauma you are with and your blockages, they need this gentle and, and, and conscious and with really big sensibility approach. So, so that's one thing. So I kind of rushed in. But luckily, other practices uh, came as well, like dances and, uh, and this kind of, uh, you know, different tantric practices. Some, some female workshops, I was really lucky to attend Pero Quas, uh, who, is, who is the, you know, world-known <laughs> uh, femininity, uh, how to say about her teacher, uh, and she was in Estonia exactly at that time, and I, I got to translate her uh, for for two days. Um, so this femininity work was uh, was definitely breaking. And what I didn't do as well, I didn't find myself like a therapist. Uh, a therapist or, or a coach or, or someone with whom to, to, to walk the path, to um, open up the process and share uh, where I'm at. So I had the tantric circles, I had some workshops, I, I did this and that. I had some friends who were on the similar path or a little bit ahead, but I didn't have this, this therapist or coach. And I think that would have really been helpful. So this is something, again, that I would really advise, like find find a nice therapist uh, that, that will be by your side and 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 who will who will know where you are at and the, the therapy sessions they don't need to be like extremely frequent you don't need to go like once a week but at least like once a month you you take a session with your therapist and it it helps you keep yourself uh, conscious keep yourself aware 
um, and and walk the path and walk through the pains and difficult places and also the drawbacks um, and maybe even avoid some unnecessary like drawbacks and uh, and kind of uh, mistakes on the on the way so that really would have been uh, helpful and I didn't have that I had this imagination that I will go to the therapist only when I'm like really in the bottom when I'm really screwed when I'm like really really in those places that oh my god you know I can't anymore and then okay I will go to some therapist it doesn't work like that it just doesn't work like that so so this is definitely definitely one lesson yeah and at at some point at some point i uh, i i found a therapist with whom we could like go through the continuous process and that like helped everything and enhanced everything like a lot and i really like what you say here about your journey like you know starting to go deeper into your divine feminine and your body and tantra and so on and um, in my case um, was also interesting when I started with tantra um, I started actually very long ago with like books and so on but um, then I visited actually Zeg uh, eco community in um, uh, close to Berlin and I got connected to some tantra teachers there and uh, one of the tantra teachers we got really connected and I invited him to Estonia in 2009 to um, start, you know, Tantra classes in my studio at the time. And uh, he had the background of like a little bit of the East and then West with Wilhelm Reich um, uh, kind of perspective and stuff, which is very soft and also Osho, like in the background. So uh, what was really special with his teaching was that the first two, three years, he was just focusing on the overall body massage. There was no lingam, there was no yoni massage, nothing. And um, many of my clients also who I got to the classes, they got so frustrated because that was the time where Estonia started to get all these yoni and lingam massages like uh, publicly everywhere. And um some of the people could understand it like that's how you uh, you know heal uh, holistically and that's how you build the foundation and then that's where you also get connected to that what you said like the deeper healing uh, therapist um, quality and um, in the Estonian market of Tantra stuff then uh, many things like happened very quickly and and you could actually become a tantra therapist, become a tantra therapist just after one week of classes. And me, who I had been like assisting that teacher for so many years and later also other teachers, I just couldn't like, uh, you know, comprehend with my just rational mind. How is this even possible? Because I had been in the works for like so many years and still couldn't even call myself a tantra therapist because that was like such a huge you know uh, title and and uh, honor to even like you know carry that and I started to also get lots of women in Estonia who came to me and said uh, I went to this and this therapist a male therapist and 
I almost got raped as, you know, someone did a yoni massage to me or wanted to enter me afterwards and so on. And I so agree that women, we have to learn, you know, how to sense and put our, like, you know, uh, spidey senses on, uh, where to go, who to go, and also uh, the ability to say no. And many of the times when you go into deep sessions like this, it's very important that you also have very clear agreements uh, prior you go into the session. I had an experience with one uh, world-named Tantra teacher who did a yoni massage. And then after that asked, um, as like it was the most natural thing, can I enter you now? And I was like, Oh, you're crazy <laughs> like what and it came out that was like you know uh, most women thought that was the most honorable thing to let that teacher you know do that and it's just like unheard of and um, as we are with you we are Estonian women we were taught you know to follow whatever you know the um perspective of the society was or our mothers or grandmothers we had to be the good girls but not only Estonia it's like all over the world so it's really crucial that all women learn how to say no and yes and then also feel it in your body and also when you feel that no that you actually stand true to it because that will change your life and I have been like thinking like, okay, how, what can I do as a woman to help future girls, you know, with that? And I went back, you know, like thinking, you know, I had a really bad sexual experience when I was six years old, you know, I had no idea what even, you know, sex meant or what sexual organs were or, and so on. And if someone would have told me that, you know, if someone starts to come and, you know, touch you, you have an ability and you can say no and run away or whatever, you know. I was not told that. And people think like, you know, six years old is too early to even like talk about it. No, I think, you know, kids, especially nowadays, they have consciousness already. So so maybe that's something, you know, we should start something like that, you know, how to say yes or no in the kindergarten already. And then of course it comes from the families also, like what kind of families are the kids like growing up? So you're touching so like essential, very deep elements here. Now you have done this journey and I really loved also what you said, like the therapist, like find someone uh, to, you know, talk to who can uh, keep you accountable uh, throughout your journey. And also don't go to the therapist like when you're already like on the rock bottom, but use a therapist as a, as a preventative um, matter in a way. And so after you made um, these experiences and lots of these connections started to kind of sink in, you um, found the transpersonal school. Maybe you say some words like, how, how did you end up there? And now you just like um, finished that journey. Like that, that was like a major um, new uh, re-identification process for you as well, right? <laughs> It was indeed, um, yet at the same time, um, many of the things that I experienced and I learned in, in the Tantra world uh, were the same. So the processes, like they supported each other from, from different angles. 
I have also gone through a psychodrama and constellation like one year a self-development course uh, during uh, during this period. So I, how did I end up in the transpersonal school? It was actually really, uh, I went to translate. Uh, I went to translate uh, Tom Barber, <laughs> who is one of the most uh, prominent, well-known uh, past life regression and NLP uh, specialists. He has uh, the latest book on the topic past life regression is written by Tom and his wife, uh, Sandra. And uh, I went to translate Tom. He was, uh, he was teaching a module on pain control with hypnosis. It was extremely interesting. And, um, and uh, I was a translator, but I also participated on this module. The school had started. It was like a third or fourth module of, of this uh, course. And uh, I remember I did this hypnosis to one, and she had some menstrual pain. And that was exactly this. And I already felt so, you know, I I, I wasn't so empowered yet, but I, I already knew this calling towards uh, femininity and empowering women and working with, with these issues. And I got exactly this client to practice in this module. So I made a hypnosis to her and I was really intuitive guiding her in the, in the hypnosis and... Um, and that was my very first time. I, I hadn't been on the course before. I just jumped in to translate. And then she came out of this hypnosis and she was like, uh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. I'm, 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 I'm still in the process. Do you practice? Can I come to you? <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm here the very first time. And, uh, and, uh, but... But it was clear. And then my teacher, he, uh, the, the teacher of the school, he, he told me that uh, I think that maybe you should be on this course. Or like my guts tells that you should be on this course. And I said, uh, let me get my guts too, <laughs> to be sure. And then the next day I said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should be on this course as well. So I ended up on this uh, on this course that is that is now finishing. But I need to say I'm a little bit again. I'm like I have walked my path differently. I'm this cat walking alone. Like in a way, I have been that all the time. In my law years, I wasn't the classical one. I went into some human rights and then into teaching and then uh, yeah, brought this all the different things uh, in there and. Uh, and also in this school, I, I started early. Uh, I started practicing as a therapist early. Uh, now I would say too early. Uh, why too early? I got a, a really good feedback uh, from my clients already very early. But thing was uh, not that I couldn't do a good work. I mean, I was... Uh, I, I have been the perfectionist lady in, in, in everything I do. So, so I did a good work again. But the point was that I hadn't worked through myself enough yet. So again, if I would go back in time, I would start like a year or two later. Well, then again, of course, I grew myself as well. And I experienced uh, those 
I experienced those sessions where, uh, you know, my, uh, my wall came because I can't go further with the client than I have gone with myself. And I experienced those sessions where the walls came and I could, uh, and I remember I sometimes, I, I concluded the session, the client went out fine and I broke down after they had walked out of the door and I broke down like energetically, emotionally, and I couldn't understand what's wrong because I hadn't, I hadn't gone deep enough into my own stuff yet. So, uh, yeah, alongside uh, all those processes, as, as, as has been my, my way in a way, and that, has, that is changing actually now. Uh, I'm not there anymore. But I used to be like, really, I had everything at the same time. <laughs> you know, I, had, I was so in rush. I, I I already wanted to start my practice. I already wanted to work through like the most deep issues. And I didn't know how to give myself time and how to be patient and how to be fine with exactly where I am and just let the things, you know, flow in their own pace <laughs> and their own time and heal, not re-traumatize and, and all this kind of stuff. So, so I have learned that on my way. And uh, yeah, when it comes to sexuality and femininity and this kind of stuff, like lately, I was so, I was so surprised. Uh, I took a break in my therapy sessions when I when I broke up during your um, during your inner family program. When I when I broke up with my uh, with my partner back then, and I was I was so broken and. Um, and and also and then the corona came and everything and uh, and I uh, I saw that I also need to like break down the sessions that because I'm like so so deeply changing inside that that I can't I can't offer right now so much I I I could offer different things. <laughs> Like like yeah, inner inner woman courses, for example, uh, online, but but not my classical sessions. Can you also mention a little bit also like how how did you even uh, like find my inner family coaching program? And then um, that was really special because you are one of the few who came to the class actually or the program with your partner at the time, and then you both did the program, and then you actually discovered throughout the program that wow we have to go our separate ways which um, which very often happens when you know you start to take all these layers off and figure out like oh my god like I've actually maybe not been fully me in this relationship and uh, discover that how was that process uh, yeah well I found it because we were we, we knew each, each other from the Tantra festival and I was teaching actually the inner man and woman workshop uh, there, and then I found your uh, your inner family, and uh, and that was interesting for me to bring it together because I had uh, working with the inner child, uh, and yes, also inner feminine and masculine, but but not uh, not exactly all of them together. And throughout the four months, like this this longitude uh, program, so to say, so that sounded really good. And uh, and I had this feeling also then that 
shit, I have gone into myself, but I need, I felt again that I need to get a bit, a bit deeper. And, and also that exactly I needed this um, uh, working with myself, not for one session, but like continuously uh, throughout some time to get to some deeper layers. I didn't know exactly which ones yet, but I felt that it's time for something like that. So, yeah, and my, my partner came along. Um, and, um, well, what happened to me is actually, and that goes actually together with what you said before about the sexual empowerment, uh, that we need to learn to say no. And we need to learn to uh, uh, establish ourselves and be in our center and say, no, no, fuck no. That's not okay with me. Sorry. Like, uh, you know, you can love, but you don't need to tolerate everything. And, and um, well, and, or like one thing is the Tantra teacher who is like, oh, can I, can I come inside? <laughs> and, and you're like, oh, well, he's an authority and maybe he's such a deep Tantric man, you know, that I should say yes. Um, that's one side. And then the other side where we say yes is when, when our partners make us somehow, you know, manipulate us, feel uh, feel that we are wrong in, 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 in feeling that something is not okay. And they, they go like, oh, but, uh, but actually this is a normal thing. Oh, you know, but other people also have that. Or, or like you make such a big deal out of something, out of whatever. Or like, it's also not easy for me, you know. And then you start... First, you start like doubting yourself. Am I am I am I crazy? Am I am I really overreacting? Am I really like making an elephant out of the uh, mosquito? Uh, or or oh my god, yes, but really, really, like his needs and feelings, and boom, you are in this. Uh, I call it uh, this codependent pattern that I carry myself. You are there taking responsibility for him. Uh, what he thinks, and you are—you have lost contact with your inner voice that says uh, that it's—it's it's not fine, it's not safe, and uh, and I shouldn't stand it, I shouldn't bear it, I shouldn't tolerate it, and and that doesn't make me a bad person or a bad woman or a careless or egoist or or whatever all that comes in. So I think that was my huge lesson throughout that program. And um, and and in this relationship, I, I I learned to you know embrace my inner woman, uh, embrace my inner child, and um, I have written a text uh, that is that that's headline is that you know sometimes the most spiritual thing you can say is uh, fuck you you know like bluntly fuck off and uh, <laughs> you know that uh, because spirituality is, is not about rose bushes and angels and uh, and golden light you know shining it's going fucking mad to the facing your shadows as well and um if you say fuck off in the right place <laughs> this is this is the most spiritual thing to say because you are embracing yourself you are remaining true to yourself. You are you are not expecting the defense from the outside, from the man, from someone. You are standing up for yourself. 
And that's what I what I have uh, what I have learned in a way. And now lately, uh, that was so interesting. Uh, a woman invited me over to her podcast. And um, we were about to talk about uh, being a woman in, in nowadays world and, and femininity and, and, and issues related thereto. And uh, exactly this good girl syndrome, so to say, was one of the things we talked about a lot. But when she introduced me, she used, and I didn't say that to her, she used uh, a, like a phrase, empowerer of women. And I was like, Wow. Uh, empowerer of femininity, yeah, that's that's more accurate. And I was like, wow, that was a compliment, of course. But then I started to think deeper into the term, and I started to think that, yeah, okay, it's very easy to receive it, and I say, yeah, I'm an empowerer of the woman. Okay, but what does that mean? And I realized that uh, what I have been doing here on my journey that kind of concludes and maybe sums it up, and also this last relationship, uh, I think that was the maybe hugest lesson along the way. Mm. I have been empowering myself as a woman, as a human being, but as a woman, definitely. I have learned to say my no. Uh, I have learned to not only say my no, but know what I want and what I need and consider my feelings and needs uh, important and empowerer of the woman. What does it mean? It doesn't mean that I uh, that I'm going to tell you, and I have gone through that myself. I'm not going to tell you that you know. Go ahead and demand, you know, whatever you want, and you know, stamp your feet on the ground and uh, <laughs> and don't stop before you get it. No, that's what little princesses do. <laughs> but uh, and that's what I used to do. And I was in two extremes, you know. I was the, the very good girl who was afraid to lose the intimacy and love and the approval of the partner and who fell into all the manipulations of feeling guilty and bad and, and being good girl again to get back the, the intimacy. Uh, and then the second, the other extreme uh, was that when the cup was full, and uh, I had I, I had went into this good girl too much. Then the cup, you know, exploded. And then I uh, came into this princess, you know, standing like that and demanding my needs right now. <laughs> and, and these were the two extremes. You know, but it's normal. And I want to say to you, all the women that you are listening, it's normal. It's okay. It's fine. Because if you, if you give up too much of yourself to, to, to re retain this, this intimacy, you're so afraid to lose it, to lose this love and approval. Then at some point, you know, the pendulum, it, it goes it goes on two extremes before it stops. So, uh, so and I think maybe this, this center is um, where you know when to say fuck off, when you know when to say that, no, that's not fine. Well, how, however difficult it is for you or whatever, I can support you, I can be there, but this is my, my limit, this is, this is it. 
and uh, and and you can express your feelings and and needs in a decent queen-like manner. And uh, uh, I often use this phrase, Crystal. I, I actually I got it from you, and I love this phrase. And I oftentimes uh, use it to illustrate this. It's like putting down my sword. Yeah, I remember, and 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 that that one phrase is is still with me. Like you don't go stamping and demanding, but you know when to put down your sword. And it can be that you put down your sword in order to indicate that, well, this is me. This is what I'm okay with. This is what I'm not okay with. Um, yeah, and and it also can mean that you say that this is not my fight. Sorry, but this is not my fight. I can't fight like your fight for you. I leave it, I leave it there. And now in this... <laughs> empowerer of femininity uh, I think in a way this is a lot of what I do but the thing is that I can do it only because uh, I have needed to go through this myself I'm not an empowerer of woman because I am stronger I'm not I am ex exactly as vulnerable. I am exactly as making mistakes as, as all of you are, as all of the women are. Uh, the stupid mistakes, whatever. Uh, I'm exactly the same. <laughs> and this is precisely why I can, why I have something to, to offer. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And I really like where it kind of came to one of the things I really learned from the ISTA uh, program we did in uh, Hawaii with Michael, actually. And that's like, you know, um, how to say that when you feel like, you know, you need to do something to take care of you. And then when you say to the other side or your partner or your wife or husband, like, uh, hey, you know, I need this time right now because I need to take care of me. And then the other partner would say, thank you for telling me that you need to take care of you. Please take care of you. And not getting angry or like, oh, you don't care about me or whatever. Understanding that when they put themselves first and fill their cup first, they will be better wife, better husband, better partner, whatever. And um, I just recently had this experience where one of the uh, uh number one podcasters in Estonia I invited her to come to my podcast and uh, she took contact with me and said um, Christo I have to be honest um, we have scheduled this and I want to honor this but you know I've had a really hectic week like I'm basically dead under the table right now you know I'm so tired exhausted but I know I can, you know, pull myself together. If you need to do it today, we can do it today. And I said, thank you for letting me know. Thank you for being so vulnerable. Thank you for, you know, not, you know, showing off, you know, to the corner and coming to me as honest as you are. And thank you for taking care of you. And what do you think how many people had told her that in her lifetime in Estonia as a powerful, strong woman? Yeah. What do you think? How many? How many times uh, she had heard that? Like basically zero. 
Yeah. And she said she had like tears in her eyes and she was like, oh my God. And we, of course, we rescheduled, no biggie, you know. And um, we had a blast next time because then she was rested, she was ready. And I was like, wow, where would the world be if women would also allow themselves to actually be, you know, vulnerable with other women too, not only men, you know. Exactly. That's okay, you know, that's okay. That's who we are. And even myself, sometimes when things get a little crazy or too hectic, I have to take that time like, okay, I know, Crystal, you're thinking you're a superwoman, but <laughs> you're also physical. You need, you know, more rest or you need a different diet or whatever, you know. And then taking the time and rescheduling or, you know, doing things what you need to do so that, you know, it, it would also have better quality. So so it's it's a huge lesson we all as women and as men are learning. And I really love that also maybe for everyone to take uh, from this podcast, you know, you know, say to the other person when they are saying no to take care for themselves. Thank you that you take care of you, because then this way they make this world a better place to be. Yeah, that's such a good point. I really, really, really love it. And exactly, not only in, in our like relationships with our partners, but but in general, uh, in general in life. I uh, yeah, I think that's that's really a good point. And uh, you know, that's a, that's a reflection again. Like uh, if um, how we value ourselves, uh, because um, you know when I'm disturbed that someone uh, kind of uh, tells me off or needs to postpone or uh, and, and, and when that annoys me, then this is actually a mirror that I'm not valuing myself enough. And maybe I would like in their place go over myself and kind of, you know, still do it, not being honest with myself. So, so these are those 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 beautiful 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 mirrors there. Yeah, yeah. and and so, this, this men and women as well also like um, at our last like tantra courses uh, we have made actually spontaneously we didn't plan it but for some sharings we uh, we created women's circle and the man's circle and that was so beautiful. That was that was so beautiful. That was so different, and actually, especially also for women, yes, but for men, like that was so funny, you know. Because I I went into the women's circle, and my my friend with whom we do together those courses, he was with men, and you know, if women usually they say that you know women have so much to to talk, and they you know continue and continue chatting, but we had finished, you know, we had finished, we were ready to go to lunch. And the men, we were like, they were like continuing and continuing and continuing and they didn't seem to finish. So we actually needed to remind them that, hello, guys, we are so happy for you. We are hungry. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. But this like interacting also with other women and and also with with other men who who are used to compete. So now let's um, um, have this hypothetical question. Uh, imagine that your uh, life has come to end like in this uh, setting, in this form, 
and um, some people will kind of come back and like kind of look like okay who was Murray and what was her legend and what was her you know legacy uh, to this planet or to these people what do you think um, you would like to leave behind when your job here would be done uh, what would you like it to be oh wow <laughs> that's huge <laughs> Well, anyway, the first thing that came to me uh, was um, my creation. My creation uh, books uh, and the books about actually the books about the same issues that we have been talking about here today that are that are really honest that are really vulnerable and that really really help to to see into the woman's heart and soul uh, that's one thing uh, the other thing maybe would be um, dancing and um, I have come to perform lately with my poems. We had had a poetry concerts, and I really, really love that. And uh, and seeing that my creation would would flow in some other forms as well. Maybe, Maybe poetry and dances put together. Yeah, somehow, or yeah, mm -hmm. some, some some deep talks, and uh, because we we talk at those poetry concerts also a lot about life and um, touch people deeply. Yeah, so they say. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so uh, lots of love, I guess, is the main thing. Just love, love and um, love and authenticity. Yeah, it's very uh, beautiful. So, with with your example, everything we discussed today, I think it's such an amazing example how you can actually put your abundance into action because I really believe that, you know, each one of us, we are born with this treasure box and you, without knowing, and most people also, they don't even know, you start to open it up, like you feel the urge, like you felt the urge for justice, you know, you start on that journey, uh, you did one degree, then you did the second degree, and then you found, you know, all these little treasures here and there. And so many times you also found them also probably once you went through some new challenge or some new fear you were facing. And then as you are collecting them, it, it almost like looks so many times when I look at like this perspective, like zooming out, it's almost like a video game, you know, you go to one level, you kind of get your treasures, then you go to the advanced level. And then that's like you kind of advance to higher, higher levels. And at the same time, you're also going deeper. And I think that's a, such a beautiful example. Your life is that, you know, you, you, you have discovered so many of those facets of your treasures, put them to work, put them to also serve you, your life. Uh, create more abundance but also now understanding that what that true calling is like you know um, put your um, poetry and put your words into work and also your creativity in so many ways and also inspire others along the way that hey 
doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, you know, find a guide, find someone you can, you know, go along and get yourself maybe out from the rut or wherever you are stuck and then get it going and then um, have that trust because you have had so many moments when you had to really trust that inner knowing and inner call that, okay, this is where I'm heading and just going sometimes even feels like blindly because I have done that also in so many occasions. And then on the other side, it's not only the monetary value and worth what comes with it, but the inner inner feeling of satisfaction and realization. And I think that's the biggest gift why we are here. We are here to find those treasures and then give them away, isn't it? I, I fully agree. And, um, and also maybe that's, that's not an advice, <laughs> but maybe small, small thingy burnout. It's maybe an, an, another word to kind of bring in that uh, no need to fear it. Um, because one of, I, I had made the choices before, but one of the biggest turns was when I actually burned out. Uh, and that was one of my last, like, after the ministry, I was a headmaster of a very small school just being created and uh, also, like, running on local elections and um, in, in, in politics. And uh, I was already fully in my ecological processes and I simply burned out. I really badly burned out. Uh, and that was great. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> because that took me to start with my with my psychology practice, which might have come a little bit early, as I said before. But anyways, I, I needed to get to that track and I needed to get there faster because life pushed me. And monetarily speaking, when you burn out and you get this uh, uh, diagnosis of uh, clinical uh, depression and uh, anxiety, uh, you get a sickness leave <laughs> and you will be paid <laughs> for a while. <laughs> And you can, um, yeah, okay, maybe I shouldn't. Well, you know, Rina Rautsik was also with you. So uh, you can buy the antidepressants. You don't need to take them. <laughs> you can still be with your guide, with your therapist, uh, with, your, with your spiritual practices, uh, like Osho ones, for example, a genius to use. And you get yourself out of the hole probably without the uh, without the tablets. But anyways, like just some tricks and uh, tricks and things to to maybe use and say thank you even to such uh, such seemingly not nice place as a as a as a burnout because uh, you know something burned out. So now you can uh, rest a bit and light something new. Yeah, there are so many beautiful treasures to be found in those uh, difficult, challenging and painful uh, times. And it's all up to us to pick them up and make it into something new. And um, I think your life um, has been a beautiful example. So thank you, Marianne, for sharing all these amazing gifts and stories and inspiration and motivation with our uh, beautiful listeners and viewers. And uh, we have been so delighted to have you today. And I also know that you have prepared a little gift for, for us. Um, can you just say a couple of words what that is? And then later, all of you can find it in the notes uh, section, you can download it. So 
Uh, this is actually one of my uh, one of my poems, uh, but not only a poem, but it also has uh, has a little bit of um, of why along with it. I mean, uh, why did I write this poem? And and also some questions to to help you grasp the essence. Uh, it is called Yes to Myself. So the gift is Yes to Myself, and um, this is actually a really nice again, conclusion of what we have been talking about here with, with you, Crystal, throughout this whole session about saying yes to ourselves is, is actually what we are talking about because, uh, yeah, like, you know, say fuck off or say no or uh, whatever things, uh, you know, I have been putting out here. In the end, let's let's put it in a positive way. What does it mean? It doesn't mean just to say no or to... to Tell fuck off. It's not. It's not a hard thing to do. You know. You can just slam around with that. But the other thing is to do that. So to say yes to yourself, and this is a new level. And this is why we need those uh, those no phrases, and this self-establishment. So this gift is about saying yes to yourself. Yes, and 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 how to do that, and and how to find this true self on the underneath all those different but and but but what if and uh, and and all those layers and 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 masks and uh, and stuff so yeah check it out so the poem will maybe awaken some emotions some feeling level and then there are also some questions and things to to dig deeper and maybe it also will uh, ruffle the layers you know, which are stuck or somehow need a little air or maybe need to like fall off. Who knows? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So how can uh, people find you in case they would like to have uh, connections with you? And also as, as this one goes out to um, more like global audience, um, mm -hmm. do you also do like online therapy sessions and stuff? And um, yeah, how can they connect with you? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I do because, especially because I live in the forest. So, also with, with Estonians, I do I do online sessions as well. Uh, uh, so, the easiest to contact with me is uh, through Facebook, and uh, uh, my page is called Magdala. Uh, Magdala, yes, exactly uh, the uh, birthplace of Mary Magdalene. <laughs> Uh, exactly the same uh, same name, Magdala. Uh, you find my page on on Facebook. You can you can write to me uh, there, and uh, online uh, I do both uh, simply counseling, but also um, hypnosis is possible uh, through uh, through Skype. Also, you're welcome to the tantra trainings, which you will also find on the Magdala page. So basically, uh, basically everything related to therapy you will find on Magdala page. And if you want to see a bit more poetry, then check out the Poetry of Life, uh, Poetry of Life uh, Facebook page. So these are these are the main main ways. <laughs> Is there something else you would like to uh, say to finish up? What came to me was a really. Um, really not something original but it just really came to me so I guess this is it and it's listen to your heart uh, you know sometimes 
sometimes you need to say you can't be original always. I would so much like to be original as a writer and a creator. You know, I would like to say something that, you know, quote Marianne Gidron said that in the end of the podcast. But no, sorry. Listen to your heart. I need to finish up with, with the cliché in a way. But when when we think about the clichés, then, uh, you know, if something has become a cliché, then there's a reason for it. <laughs> so uh, maybe I will finish up with a cliché, listen to your heart. And I call each one of us to think about why this sentence has become a cliché. Yeah, it's a good one. Thank you so much for your time and presence. So much uh, depth and beauty in everything you shared and uh, being the example you are. We are so delighted that we could have you. Thank you so much. And to all our listeners and viewers, as always, um, if you enjoyed this episode, please um, always put a like and share it on your social media platforms. And also, if you have a little extra time, please take the time to go to iTunes and put also a review to this podcast. So thank you so much. And till the next time, aloha. 